Hey everybody, this is Kimia. And I'm Sean. And you're listening to Content and Coffee. Hello everyone, this is episode 18 of Content and Coffee. This is going to be another special episode where I am interviewing my co-host Kimia about what he is doing right now to achieve faster growth with Ghosted content. So Kimia, why don't you start by giving people just a quick overview of what you're working on? Thanks so much for having me, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> no, I, I really quickly as an aside, I realized that last episode, I kind of framed it as if you were like a guest on the podcast. I should have said co-host. <laughs> um, yeah. So a, a quick overview of, of kind of how I'm spending my time and, and what we're doing to, to really focus on growth. Um, February, we had a little bit of churn and we're just, um, we're just trying to sort out why. And basically what it boiled down to was just all these unknown factors that I was, I kept saying like, what? Like, where's the commonality here? How do we justify it? Like a good example is like someone left jobs and so they had to pause their contract. It's like, you can't really predict for that. So my solution is fill the top of the funnel, grow faster so that when this unpredictable churn happens, so someone's had a family emergency, their business isn't doing very well, or they need to, they got a new job and they have to pause what they're doing so they can find another uh, content manager to manage all the content that we're producing for them. Uh, that was one of the uh, one of our customers in the case. Uh, the easiest way to do it is just fill the funnel, uh, high, have more sales, and grow faster. And so, basically, what it's boiled down to is I'm splitting my time up between inbound customer work. So this is like customer work is like unavoidable stuff. Uh, agency partnerships and direct sales. Awesome. Now. So we have inbound customers, agents, partnerships, direct sales. And what would you say of those four you're spending the most time with? Definitely direct sales. And so um, to, to quickly touch on something, there's – so Nathan Barry of ConvertKit, those of you who don't know, they, uh, they have professional – they are MailChimp for professional bloggers. And their whole slogan is like, – I, I don't represent ConvertKit in any way, but their whole thing is the power of Infusionsoft with the simplicity of MailChimp because I've been following a lot of their growth. And basically, what, they, what they're doing and what they did to grow to their first, I think it was 10,000, it was 30,000 MMR. And so what they did was they did a lot of direct sales. And one of, one of Nathan Barry's gripes was he was talking to these people and they're like, oh, like, you know, how do you grow faster? And they're like, oh, word of mouth, which is such a frustrating answer because you don't just go and pull the word of mouth lever. Like that's not how it works. You can't bank on word of mouth for growth. That only comes later. And then the other, the other kind of tried and true saying is uh, build a great product and you'll get word of mouth, which is also so arbitrary. So what they did was they did a lot of cold outreach. And so they created some sort of echo chamber within the professional blogging space. So everyone was sort of switching over to ConvertKit. And that's sort of what I'm trying to do with Ghosted in terms of direct sales. So what what I'm doing right now is I'm going on AngelList and I'm looking for companies who are between two and fifty employees. So that means small marketing team. They're B two B because that means they have the budget and they understand the problem, and they're relatively active um, in terms of hiring. So they're either hiring for content marketing, they're hiring for growth, they're hiring for some sort of position that Ghostit can fill. Because what I can then do is I can reach out to them and I can say. Um, you know, hey, founder and CEO, because sub 50 people, you're always selling to the founder. Uh, hey, founder and CEO, this is Kimi reaching out from Ghostit, some personal line. And then I basically want to start a conversation. And the goal is to start as many conversations as I can 
and then uh, kind of go from there. So that's a very long-winded answer from my from my direct sales approach. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. What percentage of your time do you think you'd be spending on direct sales versus everything else? I it's probably fifty percent right now. Okay, so you got fifty percent on direct sales. No, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it seems targeted. Yet there's some you have some scalability in that you have the same process you're following for all these prospects on yeah. AngelList, and exactly. then you are trying to convert them from the the cold email to the conversation to the sale. Awesome. Yeah, basically my main goal is to try and get them on the phone. Like that that's the primary objective. I'm not trying to sell them off the first email. I'm just trying to say, "Hey, we exist. We're a better solution than basically any content marketing company out there. This mm-hmm. is why you should talk to us." And I'm like I'm offering a free preliminary content marketing strategy just to kind of sweeten the deal to say like, "Hey, look, I'll do some extra digging for you if you get on a phone call with me." And so we'll see how that turns out. I haven't been doing that for very long. Awesome. Okay. So you mentioned there's direct sales, agency partnerships, customer work, and inbound. So you're spending half the time on direct sales. That's right. What percentage of time are you spending on kind of these other three just to put all four into perspective? Yeah. So I should preface this by saying, like, I say 10%, and it does vary. Like, that's a loose metric. But basically, the way it boils down is I'm spending 30% on agency partnerships. And, uh, you know, I'll dive into the, the reason why. But basically, the other 10% is spent on customer work. So this is unavoidable things that I have to get done. And then uh, 10% on inbound. So making sure that our, our blog's up to date. Because we are, like although I am doing direct sales, we also are growing our inbound. And so there's a lot of things that I want to do around that. Like this podcast, perfect example of inbound marketing. And I'm also, I have to send out our, like we, we have the, the email written in-house by our own our writing team, but I do have to send it out as well. And so that's, that's sort of how I'm spitting, splitting my time up. Interesting. So in total, it's about 90% prospecting or sales or marketing of some kind and 10% unavoidable customer work. So that's right. first of all, I think that's amazing that you're able to structure your organization such that 90% of the time can actually be spent trying to get new business. So that's phenomenal. A lot of newer businesses are totally bogged down with the day-to-day. Um, so that's awesome. And I guess the next thing I want to dive into is if you look at your spending of the three prospecting and sales method, which is inbound agency partnerships and direct sales, most of them are in direct sales, but let's talk uh, about agency partnerships now because that's kind of a, a unique avenue that some businesses might not know much about. Yeah, so we could, I say we could, but this is actually like we should be doing a whole podcast on building strategic partnerships. But basically, um, sort of what led me to this avenue is direct sales. And so what I was doing was I was looking on Indeed. And I saw that a bunch of people were hiring for content. Like my, my plan was I was going to look on Indeed for people who are hiring content marketers. And then I was going to reach out to them and say, hey, I know you're hiring a content marketer. We can do it for under budget and deliver better results. You should go with us instead of actually hiring someone. And what I noticed was there are 46,000 job postings related to content marketing by agencies, which blew my mind. I was, I was shocked. And so one of the things that uh, one of the things that I was I was just like blown away by I was like man like agencies need so much content marketing support and so you know I outlined this in um, in the road to 100 because I'm as part of the inbound I'm blogging about Ghost's customer our journey to 100 customers and so you know one of the things that I I talk about and I'll touch on it a little bit here is the fact that Ghost has the potential to become the content provider for digital agencies. And so a lot of these people already have strategic partnerships 
So it's it's very likely that we can come in and we can say, hey, look, we're a little bit cheaper, but we also do the strategy portion of things as well. So it's very much a turnkey solution for you. And 46,000 job postings is an insane amount. That is insane. That's a huge market. That's crazy. So to, to clarify, the way agency partnerships look like is we're talking about a marketing agency and you would be, they would be white labeling you to write blogs for their clients? Correct. Or uh, they would introduce us as a strategic, strategic partner. So it's like, hey, these, okay. this is our content provider. They're amazing. Uh, we trust them implicitly. We're going to just, because our platform is going to be able to be white labeled. So they don't actually have to know that we're behind the scenes. So there's two ways that it can work. One is they pass us off or two, they say, hey, you know, um, these are who, who we work with in terms of content. You're in great hands. Just log into the platform. You'll see everything taken care of. Basically, our pitches will give you amazing content for no work, right? So it's a, it's a pretty compelling sell. Definitely. Interesting. And okay. So the agency partnerships, you have about 30% of your time being yeah. spent on that. And then you have 10% on inbound. So do you want to just touch on, I'd love to hear about what you were doing for inbound. And then I want to talk a lot more about like what, how, what led you to allocate your time the way you did between sure. these three. Yeah, methods. absolutely. Cause you're, you're big on the, the time management side of things. So, uh, so yes, I'd be happy to talk about how I'm breaking down my time. But anyways, um, so the, the 10% on inbound, and then there's another 10% on customer work. And that, that customer work is just you know, making sure that the day-to-day things are sort of taken care of, checking in with the team. Well, I guess checking in with the team is, uh, we call it 10% customer work and 10% management time. Um, I've, been, I've been very go- good at uh, um, delegating certain roles, so that's worked out well. But anyways, 10% of the inbound is... I'm trying to do a lot more blogging from my own voice because Ghostit uses Ghostit for Ghostit. Like we use our own product. We have our own content marketing team writing our own content using our platform. So our own online process or um, online presence is automated. And I, I'm experimenting with some video. So I'm a big fan of Moz Whiteboard Fridays. And so I'm experimenting with that. I, I worry that it's overdone though. So I need to sort of test because. They're, like they've done so much amazing stuff that I, I worry that the space is just sort of like boiled out. Uh, and then mm, I also, if I could, if I could interrupt there, yeah. I don't think the, I don't think video is overdone at all. I no, mean, no, I mean them, specifically like whiteboard Friday style Moz videos. I don't think videos. Yeah, are but other than Moz, who's doing that? Um, I don't know. No one. I don't so think. it's only you only have one competitor. I think that's. I mean, how many how many companies are writing blog posts about that stuff? Hundreds. I mean, if you only yeah, have one yeah, competitor, yeah. then that's still a relatively blue ocean. In my opinion. True. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe maybe I've discovered our like secret growth channel. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that of all the ways to spread content, whiteboard. Maybe you don't call out whiteboard. Even if you did call it whiteboard well, I'm Friday, call it, I'm I still calling think it like content room. marketing Mondays or something like that. I don't well, there know. You I go. Have, yeah, that's I haven't different. come up with a good title yet, but. That's probably awesome. what I'll call it. Okay, keep going. No, I was just I, like I, I just said that's probably what I'm going to call it. What, what were you saying? Okay. Um, oh, I was just interjecting and saying that I think um, the video is definitely not oversaturated from my experience, and you could definitely take um, a lot of viewers from that. Huh? Um, yeah, cause because like, I, I can mean, speak on camera. Like it's not hard. Yeah, exactly. I think oftentimes our perspectives are tainted by what we spend our time doing. So you probably spend a lot of your personal time watching marketing videos totally. but most people so in, in your world there's a lot of marketing videos out there but if you actually compare it to the sheer amount of content through other mediums let's say blog posts 
um, podcasts, marketing videos, or just traditional forms of marketing. I think that whiteboard style educational videos about content marketing is still a relatively blue ocean out there. Huh. That's really... I to think about. Yeah. That's food for thought. Because I was, I was super worried. I was like, yeah, like it's interesting and I like it, but I'm worried that... keep it, So my videos are a little bit shorter. They're three minutes. And they're, they're designed to be like snackable enough that it's like, hey, if you want more info, like I'll make longer videos, but this is just like a teaser kind of thing. Um, but I'm still talking about a topic. So I could... I could open it up a little bit longer, but I like them. They're fun to record for sure. And I can usually do them in one take. Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty fluid at talking. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the biweekly email newsletter, I'm trying to do a good job of sending that out. Traditionally, I've been quite bad about sending out an email newsletter. Um, It it just, it like, it slips in my mind. So I need a better way to track. These are the things that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think with the newsletter, the consistency, they become exponentially more effective when people see that you're serious about it staying consistent with it yeah well we like we have a consistent one through ghost it like that sends out every tuesday automatically but i mean mm-hmm. like an additional one like from the founder kind of thing mm. interesting yeah i think all those sound that they'll be effective growth channels so what i'm curious about now that we have an idea of what you're doing for direct sales um the outreach to angel lists what you're doing with agency partnerships outreaching and trying to build partnerships with agencies and on inbound, we have videos and we have newsletters. Um, and blogs, obviously. And blogs, of course. So what I'm curious about is your choice of allocation between these. So I would have thought on the outset, there would almost be more time on inbound. But right now, at this point, you're prioritizing direct sales the most over inbound. So what kind of goes into that decision at this point in your business growth? Yeah, well, I honestly think that like, our inbound's pretty much taken care of. Like the, the beauty of Ghostit is is that I can use my own product at cost, right? Because we still have to pay our writing team. Um, they're very good at what they do, so I make sure that they're well paid. But you know, like we still like the basics of the online presence is taken care of, which does generate us some inbound. So the the best and fastest way to grow, and I've sort of been on this like convert kit kick where I'm like looking at everything they've done because they're doing like. 900,000 MRR. It's ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. I've kind of been looking at them and I'm like, man, like if I could model some of their similarities, that would be great. And I think the tripwire for me is going to be, I'll give you a free initial content marketing strategy because with them, it was, we'll migrate all of your contacts over to ConvertKit because that was the big holdup. They're like, ah, I really don't want to commit because I have to go to, into MailChimp copy and paste all my lists and then manually upload it. It's just a pain. And so I'm looking for the big hes- like um, reservation or hesitation and then addressing mm-hmm. that for free to then get us to 100 customers. Because right now my big push is like the only thing I'm focused on is going from 10 to 100. That's, that's my goal. And we're at like 30-ish right now. Okay, cool. So just to, to clarify, that's interesting. It's not that you're not doing a lot of content marketing, it's that you have used your own systems to automate a full content marketing plan such that you only have to spend 10% of your time doing it, yet it's still a full force content marketing plan. That's right. Yeah. Like we're publishing um, eight blog posts a month and they're they're quality blog posts. And we have social Mm -hmm. posts coming out every other day and we have weekly newsletter, which I can, I can just check in on. Yeah. I mean, I think that is testament to the value of what Ghosted offers in that we're looking here that you're only spending 10% of your time actually focused on inbound, but you have a full force 
content marketing plan that most companies could hire someone full time to do. So exactly. when, when, when we say 10% inbound, it's not that um, your company as a whole is focusing 10% inbound. It's that you have a massive inbound presence, but you only actually have to invest 10% of your weekly time because you've now automated it. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and, and, I'm, and I'm also writing case studies. So I just finished a case study on like ghosted itself. It's a, it's the it's the most grabby title ever. It's like how we drove seventy one thousand dollars in revenue using our own product, and so I'll be re- I'll be releasing that this week or next, probably next week actually. Awesome. Yeah. So how is how does your inbound how does your content marketing support your outreach? Because I imagine those goes hand in hand really well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the case studies are a big one, and so um, there's a few ways that we can tie them together. So a, a good example is like, it helps if people have already read your stuff. So if I reach out to someone and I say, uh, hey, this is Kimi reaching out from Ghostit. We help companies automate their online presence. And then I have a link to our most popular blog at the bottom. Like, P.S., check this out. I think this would be really valuable to your company. And then it's like, you know, say they're in the advertising space and we wrote a blog post on do negative, do ads that are aggressive or have aggressive titles negatively impact sales and impressions? That's probably something that they care about. And I can actually check my data to see how many people have clicked which articles. Like our founder story has done super well. And that negative ad story has, or the aggressive ad story has done super well as well. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you define how well it's done? uh, Engagement, dwell time, time on page, page views, page views over time. Awesome. All all that, that all, that all adds to it. Um, and that's probably, that's probably driven like quite a bit of our, like our biggest customer came through because they read a case. They, no, they didn't read a case study. They read, they read the founder story and they read, um, which one did they read? I forget. I'd have to pull it up. They're spending like three ish K a month U S with us, which is great. Wow. All from inbound. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Very interesting. Um, awesome. Well, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast here, but I believe so. I think the, yeah. the way you've laid it out makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, 50% ish of your time is on direct 30% on the agency partnerships, 10% the day-to-day management customer work and 10% inbound because you have it so automated. So I think that's an awesome example of an effective strategy to focus on as you're growing ghost it. Yeah. Do you I have think... any, uh, any closing remarks? Yeah. I just like, one of the things that people don't really talk about just kind of in the entrepreneur and tech space is a lot of it's all this like tactical advice on how to grow. And really at the end of the day, what it boils down to is just like put your head down and do the work, right? It's like I'm doing 50% direct sales, but that means I have to send out 50 emails a day to target qualified prospects, which I have to go find. Like it's, it's not like just because you define how you're going to spend your time, it's going to work. It's also, you have to like, you have to do it, which, which mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not glamorous and it's not glorious, but it really adds up at the end of the day. Definitely. I a hundred percent agree. Success is about doing repetitive, boring tasks over a long period of time. Totally. That's who said that. That's great. I love that. that was, I, I, I would like to say it was me, but I've heard someone else say yeah, that. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> well, so my, like my, so my favorite quote of all time, uh, Ben Horowitz, hard thing about hard things. He, he says when he interviews the most successful CEOs, He's like, what's your secret? Like, why, why are you so much better than just good CEOs? And they say, you know what? I just didn't quit. I just kept going. And I'm like, I love that. That is amazing. <laughs> like my whole, my whole thing is just like, you just put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going. 
Mm-hmm. That's all. That's Absolutely. all it boils down to. You you systematize your tasks and you just keep going. Yeah, people. I find people are when it comes to entrepreneurship, people are extremely patient before they start their business, and they'll wait years and years to finally start it. Oh, that's super once, interesting. I've and then yeah, once I totally once they agree. start it, they're totally impatient. Like, <laughs> why, why why is it not successful? It's been a year. That's it's like you you waited so twelve true. years to start your business, and you expect it to be successful in one year. What you need to do is switch it. Be impatient to start. Start early, and then be patient and give yourself a ten year runway for it to totally take off. So it's okay. So ironic. As an, as an aside, you're building your brand. That should be your email signature. Like no joke. That's such a is like. Did you come up with that quote? I I have heard it in one of my readings or videos. Oh, too bad. I, I was gonna say like you from. should hijack that or you should reword it. To like mm-hmm. be like Sean Wiggins' word of wisdom, and then because that's that's brilliant. That's so true. It's brilliant. So true. That. Yeah, and it, it's funny. You know, people are even when I'm like even when we're building other like our businesses. I'll talk to someone. They'll ask me, "Hey, how it's a, you've been a year of my business? Let's say and someone will ask, how's yeah, it, how's the business your Lamborghini? <laughs> and and I'll be like, well, you know, like it's going slow, and they're like, yeah, like, like it's always tough to build a business. Like no, like. I didn't expect it to take off in a year and it'd be silly to expect that. Like, it's just, that's how it goes. It's going to take a few years at least to totally. become something great. It's oh, really absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's usually like, like the best businesses. Cause like you and I are both bootstrapped, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jason Freed from Basecamp was talking about how bootstrapped companies, they can grow slow and steady, but they're unbelievably resourceful and they don't, they're very good at not spending money. Where in, in contrast, funded companies are very good at spending money. And that's not where you want to be in five years. So like once both businesses cross that five-year mark, you both have like some amount of money saved. It's the mentality of like, we're patient. We're very good at not spending money. We're just going to keep growing versus like a venture-backed company is like, we just spent $30 million on paid ads. We have 100,000 customers, but now we're out of money and our churn is garbage. Like, where do we go from there? Mm-hmm, absolutely uh definitely different worlds i like the the slow and steady grind of a bootstrap business um, it's, good, something... it's, it's good like quarter to quarter but it's not good day to day fair no that's not true fair. no it's it you know like i will i will say this just like on a personal honest touch note like growing ghost it's the best thing i've ever done in my life it is unbelievable like it is so much fun it is so awesome and so stressful all at once like it's unbelievable Absolutely. That's awesome. That's amazing to hear. Absolutely can relate to that as well. I mean, I could, yeah, I could say the same thing about North Digital and the entrepreneurial journey in general. There's nothing quite like it. Uh, That's a great place to end. We'll we'll call it there. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, We'd appreciate a rating. Our emails will be in the description. And until next time, we'll see everyone later. Thanks guys.